you're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I hope you listeners heard last week's episode of the Paracast and after the Paracast with Morgan Knudsen. Fascinating woman. Lots of fascinating things to talk about. And she had a blast, by the way. We were kind of chatting after the episode with a few messages. So she enjoyed it. And like I said, we did another 40 minutes or so with After the Paracast. And we've been doing that quite a bit lately. Where part two of the episode goes into the premium show. You still get a full episode of the Paracast, but there's more to say. If you're interested in hearing it, you've got to join the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. One more thing. Earlier this week, some of you might have noticed that for periods of time, the Paracast.com, the forums, etc., were offline. And I know we rag on Microsoft for the troublesome glitches with Skype. We should really rag on the domain name system. Because that was what it was all about. We were switching what we call our DNS servers for the for the site to get better security, you know, redundancy and all that kind of stuff. Fewer points of failure. But the process of changing the DNS on domain, like the powercast.com or whatever it is, it doesn't just happen. You don't just turn a switch. It has to propagate to servers around the world which would sometimes and frequently take two or three days. And during that period, you can't guarantee a thing. And this is what, 2019? And the internet was invented how many years ago? Don't you think it's time they fix the DNS system? It's come a long way, but it's still got a ways to go, no doubt about that. I really liked Morgan Knudsen's attitude. You know, she's got the book, Teaching the Living. And, you know, for someone who is working with what might commonly be thought of as as sort of a dark kind of thing, working with afterlives and and the dead and hauntings and spooky stuff like that, she is so positive. And that's what she tries to bring to her people that she works with. It just just comes right out of her. It's so amazing. Uh, Yeah, she was really fun to have on the show and, and interesting, too. And not totally one of the sort of evangelical types who are promoting the idea of afterlives and save your soul and that sort of thing. She doesn't know the answers for sure. She believes something's going on, just like with UFOs, which now that brings us to this week's guest. Well, this week's guest is interesting. He's another real genuine scientist, okay? You know, they say, why aren't scientists interested in UFOs? And they haven't heard of people like William Puckett. And you're looking at this guy here. He worked with the National Weather Service. He worked with the EPA. This guy is a scientist. In fact, very quickly, I was saying to him, William, maybe I should ask you about climate change, but only briefly. (laughs) Will we survive it? That's a good question. Uh, thanks for having me on your show, by the way. It's a privilege to be here. Well, climate change is something I could go talk forever about. Whether or not we survive it, I guess that's what I would say is a $64,000 question right now. Definitely, it's time to take action. And action being, we need to 
phase out fossil fuels and we need to possibly geoengineer the climate or start reducing removing the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere some countries are already doing this i heard that i believe it was sweden it might have been norway by 2025 they're going to have phase out completely gas powered engines so be all electric cars and trucks and you folks up there in canada just impose a carbon tax that's the type of thing that has to be done right away the sooner the better carbon dioxide is inert gas it doesn't react it only way that it is assimilated from the atmosphere is by photosynthesis by plants it has a up to a hundred thousand year residency a molecule of carbon goes in the atmosphere today it could stay there for a hundred thousand years so methane which is also a greenhouse gas is reactive so it it's a greenhouse gas but it has a shorter residency time so you know the time is now and as a citizen i said well i can't influence any politicians i took my own action i got solar panels on my house they generate 12 megawatts of energy per year right now i'm exporting about a megawatt of energy more per year into the grid that i'm using so northwest energy a local utility company is making about 120 dollars a year on me i also have a chevrolet volt electric car runs on gas a little bit when it's cold or if you go out in the highway and i plug in that car during the daytime when my solar panels are cranking up to about seven seven or eight thousand watts and all that energy going into my volt is coming right from our star system so i figure i'm doing my part so how do you figure out how long it'll take you to recoup the cost of all of your solar setup in terms uh, of energy savings I will not at my age. I will not recoup the cost unless I live to 95 years old. Maybe I will. I don't know. But. So, so what does it take right now? But what does that mean? About 20 years or something? I, I don't know. You know, how long I'm, is I'm that? Seven, I'm 72. So, you oh, know, okay. I do a little arithmetic. I, I put them in a little over two years ago. But, the, but it's a win-win for the environment because, you know, if I do die, well, someone else is going to have my house and they last 25 years solar panels before they lose their ability to charge so either way it's a win-win for the environment well they are getting better and better and better all the time with the solar panels thing i I was looking at a video on youtube and they've had these for a while now but they're solar panel roof tiles yes i mean shingles basically you can nail right through them and put them on just like your regular shingles and every one of them takes energy and turns it into electricity it's really quite amazing Right. So it's a problem. And, you know, uh, the, the real difficulty, is, I mean, we have politicians down here in the United States, what other countries do too, that, you know, they want to get every gram of coal out of the ground and every ounce of oil. And the situation is that, you know, we need to, we need to phase all that out. I don't mean putting people out of work. I think that if people lose their jobs to fossil fuel, they should be replaced with green energy. But, you know, the the time to start is now. But a lot of people get hung up on climatic apparitions. I mean, like here in Montana, we had some really 
abnormally cold weather in March this year. It's the first time in the eight years since I moved back to Montana that we set any low temperature records. It was 32 below zero here on the 4th of March, and it tied an all-time low record for March. Some people say, well, how can we have global warming? You know, we're getting all this cold weather. Well, the truth of the matter is that the jet stream is more sluggish because the jet stream exchanges energy between the poles and the equator. If it wasn't for the jet stream, the poles would get colder and colder and the equator would get warmer and warmer. But with the poles warming up faster than the equator, the jet stream is weaker. So you get what you call troughs and ridges where the, you know, the jet stream is flowing north and south or right. at least a good component. And the, it moves slower. So when you get what they call this polar vortex, it might sit in one spot longer. So you get these cold weather outbreaks that last and last, and that's what's going on. And then all this record snowfall, the reason for that is there's more water vapor in the atmosphere because the poles are, the ice caps are melting. We got to break it here. We got more to come and we'll wrap up the discussion of climate change because he's a UFO guy also. But we wanted to show that scientists are really interested in the subject too with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over this stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542 and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. 
complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective Homemakers. Groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always priced less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. William Puckett is our guest. Obviously, he is a meteorologist. He's worked for National Weather Services and the EPA. And we were talking briefly about the impact of climate change. I'm kind of wondering, too, here, if we have aliens out there coming to visit Earth, one hopes they've figured out how to solve this? Or are they coming here because they already destroyed their planet? The first thing I'll say, since I've been doing UFO investigations roughly since 1997, so 22 years, I do not have, in any case I've ever looked at, incontrovertible evidence that alien species are here. I don't have a piece of a flying saucer. I do not have DNA, assuming that there there would be DNA if we found one. I suspect there would. I've had samples taken in the vicinity of UFOs that show very unusual metallic alloys that material specialists will say I don't know what that is from, but it doesn't say that it's an extraterrestrial component. But do I believe that we've been visited, are being visited? Yes, I do, but I cannot prove it. Perhaps that's kind of a short answer to your question, in my opinion. What got you interested in UFOs? I grew up in the 1950s. I'm dating myself 
And the 1950s, UFOs were really headlines in the news. You know, I, I, I very vividly recall the Leveland, Texas sightings in 1957, about the time the Russians launched a Sputnik, where all these car engines shut off in Texas. And it just created a national panic. I was scared of them in those days. But then in the late 1970s and early 1980s, a lot of cable TV stations started to air documentaries on UFOs. And I'd watch them and say, you know, I want to do that. So that got me into investigating. I also read the original Project Blue Book when it was released in the 1970s after the Blue Book was declassified. And Blue Book had like 11 or 12,000 cases, and they had like 750 were unidentified. And I said, it only takes one. That's quite a few. So that was the impetus that got me interested in, in the UFO phenomenon. What are some of the best cases, in your opinion, that led you to believe that alien visitation is a reality? Well, some of the cases that I heard about, you know, the Rendlesham Forest case in England was a really reliable case. Not one that I personally investigated, but one that I heard about where security people were out in the woods and the UFOs were buzzing around and they they went and told their commanding officer and they showed up the next night. In addition to showing up the next night, they started showing up by their nuclear, what they call their nuclear eagles, and they knew right where their nuclear eagles were. You know, that was a security thing. So that case, and then another one was in, in Texas, Cash Landrum incident, where these UFOs caused massive radiation burns to Betty Cash. She subsequently died from cancer and believed that, you know, it was due to the radiation from, from the UFO. Of course, Roswell, I mean, that's a long case that's been exhaustively aired in documentaries and discussed in talk shows and a very wide range of discussion. And so those cases kind of stand out as what got me interested originally in the UFO phenomenon. Did you ever see one? No, I've never seen anything that I would attribute as UFO. I mean, I'm a scientist. I, I have a high level of scrutiny where I would consider. I have photographed them and not seen them. When I was a MUFON investigator in Washington State, I'm still a MUFON investigator. I'm actually Montana State Director, but in those days, I was a field investigator for MUFON in Washington. I went out and investigated a case, and I took photographs in all the cardinal directions. And when I got back and looked at the photographs, I found a boomerang-shaped object in the background of one of the photographs. What was it? I don't know. Was it a UFO? Well, I couldn't explain it. Could have been a hang glider, but the area where we found it was not in the area where people normally hang glide. It was in the Seattle, Washington area. Normally, they hang glide in, out east of Seattle. So I also photographed one here in Helena on one of my security cameras. I got four security cameras. They're also weather cameras, and they're also UFO cameras, kind of multifaceted. And I kind of plowed through some still images and saw one. Well, I'm not sure what that is. So I've never seen one, but I could say, well, maybe I've taken a couple of photographs. Uh, as well as uh, being with MUFON, you have your, well, I guess it's sort of your own thing, UFOs Northwest. Can you tell us yes. a bit about that, please? Yes, I've had my website up since 2003. It's www.ufos.com 
nw.com. I encourage your listeners or anyone to report UFO sightings to me. I also have another blog called UFO Sightings Montana, which I also take UFO reports. That particular blog speaks for itself. It's exclusively uh, UFO sightings in Montana. It also contains a a list of uh, historical UFO cases in Montana. And also another project I'm involved in called the Malta Anomaly Detection Automated Recording called MADAR Project. And that project, we look at electromagnetic disturbances, magnetic disturbances, which happen in the vicinity of UFOs. So if there's a magnetic disturbance, it'll look at that. The standard deviation of the uh, magnetic field, magnetic flux. In addition, it'll also detect geomagnetic compass variations and barometric pressure fluctuations. In addition to that, I have a real-time Geiger counter that spools data up to a site. So if there's any elevation of um, background radiation, albeit we'll detect it. So that project I'm also participating in. Is that equipment that you start lug out to a sighting report location then, or, or are you networking with other people around who have it set up and then relay the information to a central location? It's sitting on, you know, right by my window. It spools out to a website and there's a map. There's actually a few uh, sites up in Canada, I believe, and there's several around the world. People can go to that site, just Put MADAR, M-A-D-A-R, in your search engine, and you'll be able to look at the readings all around the, the country, live readings. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, how do, yeah. you, how do you get set up with something like that then? Anybody can do that. You know, you spend a little bit of money. The, the guy that does it, that facilitates the whole thing, is Fran Ridge. And Fran has been a longtime UFO investigator since the 50s. The NICAP organization, National Investigation Commission on Aerial Phenomena. It goes back to the 1950s, and Fran's close to 80 years old. He facilitates that. A number of scientists designed this apparatus, and it's known in the vicinity of UFOs to detect UFOs. Okay, William Puckett, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. 
Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump wants to send illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities across the country. John Clemens reports. Mr. Trump has gone on Twitter to confront the radical left over their objections to a plan to transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities. They want more people in their sanctuary cities. Well, we'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. Mr. Trump said if Democrats don't want to change our very dangerous immigration laws, we're giving strong consideration to placing illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities only. He added the radical left always seems to have an open borders, open arms policy, so this should make them very happy. I'm John Clemens. President Trump has tweeted a third summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un could be in the works. Kim has offered the idea of the summit as long as an agreement could be reached by the end of the year. This is USA Radio News. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. 800-965-1290. 800-965-1290. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. How could you not love him? Hamilton the pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is You just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in terms dermatology right now, it's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let's continue, folks. William, go ahead, please. Well, continuing discussion of MADE, or anyone interested can 
get on the website and contact Fran. He, he'd be glad to uh, have you on the network. I mean, he wants sites all over because there's UFO cases all over. And th- th- they're coordinating with the National UFO Reporting Center and the Mitchell UFO Network. If they get cases, then they look at reports coming in to those sites, and then they correlate them. So that, that's how it is handled. That's uh, with Peter Davenport at New Fork, right? Yes, so, that's correct. And then the Mutual UFO Network. You know, back in the 50s uh, here in Canada, we had something called Project Magnet. It sounds like pretty much the same thing. There was a station up here uh, that operated a magnetometer, and uh, they figured that, well, the UFOs might have something to do with magnetism. And they had some anomalous readings, but it didn't really pick up anything that could be determined with absolute certainty belong to some sort of an alien craft. Also, there's been other projects over Hesselden, Norway, uh, where they've had magnetometers and, and video cameras. There's a lot of these strange lights that happen over there. And they've detected some correlations, you know, with the cameras and when there's the light phenomenon and the, uh, you know, magnetometer readings. The problem with magnetometers is you got to put the device in a location where there's low magnetism. And I have a trifield meter and I put one in, and you don't want to bump them or you don't want to run your vacuum cleaner around them. It'll generate an anomaly is what it'll do. So they're very sensitive. So, you know, I've been very careful with mine. I live alone so I, I can maintain a good degree of control around it. But right. They are sensitive. and, and Well, I get interference you, that I can hear through my radio, for example, when an aircraft flies over. Like one of the big ones, they've got, they, they must constantly broadcast some sort of a signal, probably off their transponder or something. I don't know, but you can definitely hear it when they're coming and going. So I imagine that uh, a magnetometer must be able to pick up something like that as well. Yeah, we haven't had problems with aircraft, but there's other things that can generate magnetic fields. Uh, seismic activity can do it. Uh, that's happened. Of course, airplanes could. I I just don't believe that that has been a problem with these particular units. I don't know whether they're insulated properly or what. I mean, electromagnetic interference is something I'm quite familiar with because I got a weather station, first order uh National Institute of Standard Traceable Weather Station would suppose date up the weather underground. And I had a, a whale of problems with my cordless phones. I had to get rid of my cordless phones because they were causing uh, electromagnetic interference. Oh, yeah. With my yeah. weather station. Yeah, they, they're big polluter, EM polluters. But, but then again, maybe what's happening with the device, the EM uh, sensor that you've got, is it's detecting in a different range, like more along we would think of as your typical magnetism like when you have two magnets and you touch them together and they stick that's a little bit different than an em transmission so that might be why it's not picking up that sort of interference right it's picking up magnetic fields and i mean there's always some magnetic field in the background but it's looking at the standard deviation the standard deviation gets so high and then the, also the, the compass reading, it's taking a real-time compass reading. If that compass bumps, you know, 10 or 12 degrees, it'll generate an alert. Some of them are so sophisticated, you can actually have that 
alert thing set up to trigger a camera or even trigger a uh, police scanner. Some people have theirs hooked up to that. I do not, but some people have it more sophisticated. I figure with my uh, Geiger counter and this thing, that's probably good enough. And then I have my own cameras that are monitoring. So if a UFO, if a an alert happened, I mean, I can look back on my security camera footage and look and see if anything showed up. So That would be fabulous if you could get something like that. Our former co-host, Christopher O'Brien, has a, a project very much like what you're describing called the San Luis Valley Camera Project. And so he's setting up uh, high-definition cameras that can triangulate the position of any type of an object that it picks up. And then he's got it hooked up to some kind of software that can be remotely monitored. And it's quite an excellent project. So, uh, you know, we should actually see if we can get him back sometime, Gene, just to talk about that if he's making progress with it, too. Is that the San Luis Valley of Colorado? Yes, it is. I'm very yeah, familiar with that. I used to, I went to graduate school in Colorado, and one of my best friends was from Alamosa, which is a San Luis Valley. But that is a strange area. There's just been a bunch of cattle mutilations and UFO sightings that correlate to cattle mutilations. And that's a very strange area. I can understand why someone would be interested in studying it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Christopher O'Brien, he's a fabulous field investigator and done countless hours and miles out there. But you're with MUFON. So do you have any idea how many members MUFON has now? I'm not exactly sure. I believe it was a little over 4,000 is what my recollection. Of course, some of those are overseas. Right. And, you know, other countries. Uh that's what it was a few years ago. I'm not sure what it is now. I know here in Montana, we've only got about 20 people that belong to MUFON. So not a lot of people, but I suppose in the realm of things, it probably is the largest civilian organization that investigates UFOs right now. And, you know, there were others. One I just mentioned, NICAP. Another one was called APRO. Aerial research, uh, aerial phenomena. I go back to all those places. APRO, I had run-ins with the Lorenzans who ran it, but um, that was the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, and they referred to UFOs as UAPs. Do you remember that? Yes, I I do remember that. Uh, Some people don't like the word UFO. So, uh, aerial, I guess, on a... UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, yes. And and actually, uh, another group that I worked with, uh, which is now defunct, ca- called them uh, the same thing, you know, UAPs. They didn't they didn't want to list them as as uh, UFOs. They didn't like the word UFOs. So well, the connotation yes. because there's a lot of wackery going on in the UFO field and you want to appear scientific, you want to separate yourself from the wackery. Would that make sense? Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's quite a spectrum of people interested in, you know, that people that claim they've been abducted by aliens and maybe some of them have, but some, some cases are just, just purely anecdotal. And I, I just, have a degree of skepticism when I look at them, but then again, uh, some may not be. You know, I mean, I've 
I've had discussions with Dr. Leo Sprinkle, you know, a psychologist, PhD psychologist that was associated with the University of Wyoming. And one day I asked Dr. Sprinkle, I said, well, what about mentally ill people? Do you believe them? And he said, well, some mentally ill people may may have had some some contact, you know. He doesn't discount all those. So you got to be careful, you know. I mean, I mean, I've had mentally ill people that are obviously mentally ill or people high on drugs, you know, hallucinating and then saying they've seen this. But I don't want to discount all of them, you know. But in a way, though, that's really irrelevant from the whole decision of whether or not we should be using the acronym UFO or an initialism UAP because the UFO acronym, that came out of official U.S. Air Force investigations and was invented by the United States Air Force and used in official uh, studies of the project. So really, it makes perfect sense to continue using it in my mind. We're going to break here. We'll talk more about this and other subjects with Gene Randall and William. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. If you remember, Randall, UFO was originally coined because we talked about them as flying saucers, and you want to deride the sightings. Oh, it's a bunch of flying saucers. But if you call them UFO, then, of course, it had the same effect as UAP has now. It made the subject serious, but when UFO took on, in some quarters, not all, the stench of wackery, as I said, I can see where some refer to them as UAP. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother you, obviously, but you can see where it comes from. The whole UAP thing wouldn't bother me if it weren't for this idea that some of the groups that do this, like NARCAP, for example, they're, they start throwing ufology under the bus at the same time as they do it. You say, well, they, well we want to distance ourselves from the UFO quacks by calling ourselves UAP investigators, when in fact, UAP is in their terms just a euphemism for exactly the same thing. It's just another Uf- euphemism for UFO. I, I don't think it's really fooling anybody, but <laughs> I guess, you know, if that's what people prefer to use, I, it's it's a free enough world. I just think that after doing a lot of thinking about it, UFO was an official term. It was invented by the United States Air Force. It's perfectly fine to use. It's in the Oxford English Dictionary as a word. So why try to fight it? Let's just go with it. Use it. 
but that's just my my opinion on the thing. I guess whatever works for you is fine. It's so long as you're not throwing the ufologists under the bus at the same time, like trying to pretend you're better than us because you're investigating UAPs instead of UFOs. And that's where it really starts to get me. Well, the only group that I worked with, and you just mentioned it, NARCAP, National Reporting Center for Anomalous Phenomena, they're the only group that I've worked with that they told me explicitly when I joined as a research associate to not use the word UFO publicly. Uh, with any newscast or anything or right yeah that's why i I definitely take exception with the the way that they're doing that and especially when they had such high profile people as as leslie keen for example because what they're trying to do is just set themselves apart as if they're somehow better or more credible than serious ufologists and it's just not the case i mean they worked with j allen hynek for example the same as qfos did and J. Allen Hynek was the one who wrote the UFO experience, right? Not the UAP experience. But anyway, right. we're getting into jargon and and uh, just, I guess that's one of my little pet peeves. We don't want to necessarily rant on about that. It's, the show isn't about me, it's about you. Now, to correct what I said before, APRO used the term UAO, unidentified aerial object. They wanted to separate themselves from the pack. But in practical language, UAO or UAP, who cares? I believe that Captain Edward Rupelt from Project Blue Book is the one that actually coined the word UFO. And, of course, he wrote some books on UFOs, too. And then the last book he wrote, he debunked everything because he was a contractor and he wanted to get a contract with the Air Force. But the real Captain Edward Rupelt was a firm UFO believer, but... Also, your listeners, I'd like to briefly mention the History Channel series, Project Blue Book. That's been fantasized a lot for Hollywood. At the end, they would talk about the real case, but they definitely have uh, put an X-Files spin on that show to make it more attractive. And it, it was a good series. I don't know whether it'll come back. It's first season's already over, but people ought to know that a lot of that stuff is they're putting on there is definitely not true. It did get pretty good ratings. It was among the top 10 or 15 cable shows. I could believe that. For its time slot. So I think that's a guaranteed renewal. But the one thing I liked about the fact that the Hynek family is involved, they understand what it is, and Joel Hynek was Dr. J. Allen Hynek's, uh, I think his oldest son, he's an Academy Award-winning special effects expert also, by the way. He said his father would have loved it. So the thing is here, if you can bring people into the subject with an entertainment show and then at the end say, hey, this is what really happened, you're not putting on air to anybody. This is fiction. Nobody's pretending it's anything else. The thing I have a problem with is when you have certain reality shows that purport to be factual and they distort the facts. If you have a sci-fi drama or historical drama and it's done honestly, that's a different thing. That's true. It's good that at least at the end that they put on the the real story, you know, what case they're, specific case they're talking about, whether it was a, the green fireballs or the Lubbock lights, those are all real cases, you know, they looked into. And uh, the sci-fi spin was definitely there. And I, you know, I, I could see where it would do good in the ratings. I mean, I, I didn't miss an episode myself. Uh, they were entertaining. 
I think you're absolutely right about Rupelt, who being the one to bring in the acronym UFO, he'd run across a couple of references to unidentified flying objects in some of the reports that he was reading while he was setting up the United States Air Force program. And so he decided to just reduce that down to the acronym, and then it became a word. So you can use it as a word in and of itself, and rather than as you know, the three capital letters. It can just be UFO, a UFO, which I kind of like, you know, the term UFO, kind of a classic way of pronouncing the word. But you've also been involved yourself in some more recent cases and the stuff that was going on just back in the 50s and 60s. I noticed on your website, it says that you did some analytical work on the O'Hare airport incident back in November 7th, 2006. Can you tell us a bit about that? Right. That case, I got involved with when Dr. Richard Haynes, who now has resigned from NARCAP, but NARCAP got that case and we got it from National UFO Reporting Center, Peter Davenport, because the United Airlines dispatcher reported the case to to uh, Peter Davenport and subsequently John Hilgovich with the um, you know, Chicago Tribune wrote a major article about it a few months after the fact, and he interviewed some of the witnesses, as did Peter Davenport and Dr. Richard Haynes. My involvement with that was twofold. One was with the meteorological data, and two was radar data. Over the years, I've developed my own expertise with aviation radar data, and I had expertise beforehand with weather radar. They're, they're different types of radar, but both of them can detect UFOs. And, of course, to, to refresh your listeners, I mean, essentially what happened was United Airlines uh, uh, ramp personnel saw this flying disc hovering above the sea concourse, and they reported it to the dispatcher, and the dispatcher subsequently called the tower. The tower didn't see it, and the reason we figure they didn't see it is there's too much overhang in the tower, and the, and it was hovering, it wasn't moving, and they moved one of the aircraft to the hangar, and people moving the aircraft saw this flying disc shoot straight up. It was overcast skies, fairly low overcast. I believe the cloud base, my recollection was at around 1,000 feet, maybe 1,200 feet, and it blew a hole right in the clouds, and the hole sat there for, I don't know, two or three minutes. And allegedly, there were photos taken. I've seen some. You don't know whether they're authentic or not. Allegedly, even one of the United Airlines pilots stuck his head out the window of the airplane on the sea concourse and snapped a video and photo of it. But I've never really seen any photos that could be authenticated. So we looked at radar data, and the aviation radar did not show anything in the vicinity of where the people saw it. But there's a good reason for it. Aviation radar is set to detect moving targets. And there's a, a device threshold set by the operator called moving target indicator. And generally, I believe they set it to 20 or 30 knots. 
Is there anything moving slower than 20 or 30 knots that won't pick anything up? Well, there's a good reason for it. You only want to pick up moving targets. You don't want to pick up uh, stationary objects because uh, they'll, you know, they'll cloud your radar screen. So aviation radar didn't pick up anything. But weather radar did pick up a blip about a quarter of a mile in the vicinity during the time span. I'll tell you what, we got a break in here. We'll continue in our next segment. William Puckett, real scientist in exploring UFOs with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over this stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542 and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. William, of course, we always have to interrupt for pieces of business, but go ahead, please. Right, I understand that. Continuing with the radar analysis, the weather radar data did pick up something because radar will pick up stationary targets. It's not set up to pick up aircraft or UFOs because it has a narrower beam width. But if something flies through it or is hovering, it will pick it up. So whether would you say that's a radar visual? Maybe, maybe not. But certainly it does, the possibility is there. 
But the real thing is the amount of energy that this thing would have had to expend to blow a hole in clouds. And as a meteorologist, I had to go back to the National Climatic Data Center, and we used satellite data to determine the cloud tops. And the clouds were about, the top of the clouds was about 10 or 11,000 feet, meaning the clouds were about 10,000 foot thick. And they were solid clouds because we use that with the balloon soundings. They were solid cloud deck. And the amount of energy it took in this one or two seconds to blow a, a hole in the clouds, and we figured roughly 30 meter diameter between 10 and 30 meters was equivalent of a 747 flying at the speed of sound. So a lot of energy, a lot of kilojoules is a y- unit we used. So, you know, that in itself means that it was quite unidentified. And the FAA also issued a notice to airmen on landing and takeoff that there was a UFO spotted. So that kind of recaps my involvement in NARCAP's analysis. We concluded it was a UAP, not, of course, UFO. They don't like to use that term. That particular report was sent to all members of Congress and to the FAA, but nothing ever happened. So that was my involvement. So you have a master's in atmospheric science, right? Correct. How do you explain how a craft... I mean, any kind of craft, for that matter, can can simply punch a hole through cloud cover. And and from some of the reports, if I recall correctly, that people, if you looked underneath it, you could see right through up into the clear sky. So, I mean, you would think that there would have to be some kind of turbulence or something generated that will just, you know, pull the clouds in around it. I mean, how do you get this perfect cylindrical hole? It sounds almost impossible. It would take a massive amount of heat to cause evaporation to get rid of the condensed cloud vapor to do that. And for that amount of energy in that short a time, that's not something man-made that could do that. You know, there was no sound. I mean, it just shot straight up through there. And that hole sat in the clouds until, you know, the normal uh, cloud movement, the winds aloft mixing the clouds back together and close the hole back up. Just a massive amount of energy, particularly in that short period of time, and there's no sound. So it was evaporative evaporation that did it. You know, I mean, that can be done. I mean, they do that with airports, you know, through cloud seeding, seeding out fog, you know, and blowing holes in fog. But generally, the fog is not near as thick as what this was, this cloud layer was. Right, I've heard of cloud seeding and stuff with dry ice and other, and even other types of stuff with certain kinds of chemicals that go in there. Um, I mean, like as you say, if you see a balloon rise up through the, the 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 mist, just sort of envelops the whole thing, and you don't get a hole happening at all. It's just it sounds like a very strange thing for sure. It definitely was, and you know. I, I wasn't the only one that worked on that case. I mean, we had physicists, other atmospheric scientists, air traffic controllers, pilots. I mean, a quite spectrum of people that I didn't, I wasn't the only one that even did the radar data on air, air traffic controller. We did independent analyses and kind of came up with the same thing. And physicists determined the amount of energy that it took to blow a hole in the clouds like that. 
And there's been other cases of UFOs blowing holes in clouds. That's not the first time that's happened, but it's probably the same phenomena. Just vary a lot, a lot of energy expending, and who knows what propulsion system this thing had. I mean, that's a mystery within itself. Yeah, we're still trying to figure that one out. I mean, we're we're, we're working with uh, jet propulsion still, some sort of, I guess, with the exception of certain things like maglevs and that that sort of thing. But when it comes to aircraft, now we've either got lighter than air, like balloons, or we've got some sort of powered flight. I guess we've got gliders too, but uh, you know they just they 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 can't perform like whatever this thing was. That's correct. I mean, you know, when you and the NARCAP report, which people can find online, it's like 120 pages or something. People can read that entire report. The same report went to all members of Congress, and you, you just throw out the numbers and you look at it and says, no, I nobody knew what could cause that but nothing more ever happened i mean that was a incident that i think they made a movie about it too somebody one of our guests in the past said that there's actually a show out there that you can check out there's a bit of a documentary style docudrama about it but okay so you're with mufon you're also with ufos northwest and with narcap like do you guys all play nice together or or does mufon have any issues with running you running you know you running your own uh, organization there as well, or how how do you find uh, the the politics there between the various organizations? There's always politics, but Jan Harzen is the director of MUFON, and I know him. He's a real nice guy. And Jan invited me to be MUFON director, and uh, about a year ago, and I had been prior to a couple years ago last year i also was mufon director for montana and i discussed my ufos northwest and narcap involvement and narcap was working with mufon too they're not now because they're kind of a defunct organization right now as far as i know but i told jan well you know i may want to pull montana cases off the site and put on my own ufo sightings montana Side and he said, "No, that's okay. Just give us credit." So, no, we uh, we discussed that, and there was no problem. But I, I'd like to kind of lead into the reason that Jan and I had this discussion about me being director was another interesting case that I investigated that happened in, I believe, it was December ninth, two thousand seventeen. If we have the time, I'd like to discuss that case. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, would Gina let us know when we have the break? And uh, in the meantime, by all means, let's hear it. Basically, and I got a, I'm pretty sure that's the right date. By the way, your listeners can go to my website, UFOs Northwest, and find all these cases that we're talking about tonight. Or, or depending on where you're at this afternoon, tonight, or this morning, where you're at in the world. And Essentially, what happened is there were sightings in many states on the eastern seaboard all the way through the Midwest and the western U.S., I think even some on the west coast, of rows, a straight row of red and white lights on the evening of December 9, 2017. The military dispelled it right away 
it got in the media that they were C-17 and C-130 aircraft carton paratrooper, a joint strike exercise to bases in Nevada, dropping paratroopers. Case closed immediately. So being in Montana, I said, well, what happened in Montana? There were 17 sightings. I may be wrong. It was in the teens. I can't remember the exact number. In Montana that night alone. Boy, I, time I flies here, you know, with William Puckett. He's going into more detail about some amazing sightings that we're glad to hear about. With Gene, Randall, William, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over the stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542 and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. By Christine, great for heart palpitations. By Anne, before I started using this product, every afternoon, my ankles and my hands would be swollen. That doesn't happen anymore. So if that part of their advertising is true, I have to assume that the rest of it is also. Not to mention that when I had my yearly blood test, only a few weeks after beginning to use this product, 
My cholesterol had dropped over 30 points. I'm going to continue to take it. By Croc, I love this product. It really works. By Brad, works great. Thank you. Tell us your story. Get your Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon, you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live-underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. William Pocket, go ahead, please continue describing this case. Well, it happened on December 9, 2017, so... I decided to look at Montana, cases in Montana, and I believe somewhere around 13 or 15 sessions, which is really unusual in Montana. I mean, normally we get two or three cases a month at most. This is one night, and several parts of the western and central, even into eastern Montana, and the cases came in the Mutual UFO Network, National UFO Reporting Center. I got some in Colorado and Oklahoma and Kansas that same night, but not from Montana. But when I looked at the cases in Montana, I decided to request radar data, aviation radar data, which I did. Can I just ask you briefly here while we're on that, how do you get radar data to be able to look at and in, interpret do you can you describe that process just briefly for us it's a very difficult process it can be very expensive and very resource intensive in terms of computer facilities you have to write a freedom of information request to the federal aviation administration they they control the radar there's 400 long range radars uh, in the U.S., and some of them are along the borders. And there's several, there are several short-range radar at traffic control facilities. I don't know how many of those. There's many more. So you have to write a request. You have to tell them exactly what you want, the sites that you want. And it can be extremely expensive. My particular request went up to, I think, $500. And I never got all the data I wanted because it was too expensive. And then you have to unpack it, bring it into a software spreadsheet, which is what I do. Then you got to map it. Then you got to analyze it beyond that. There's only a few people uh, in the United States that do this. I'm probably one of a half dozen, at least with respect to UFOs, that do it. So it's very resource intensive. Interesting. Does um, UFON help you with the expenses on that at all? Well, this particular case, this is before I w- was Montana director. So, no, I 
They will if they ask me to do analysis. Yes, they will pay for it. In this case, they didn't because I did it on my own. But they made a lot of their own requests, independent of mine, MUFON did. Interesting. Well, maybe we can come back to that a little later. But yeah, uh, please uh, continue telling us about this December 9th, 2017 flap that was going on. So what did I find in Montana? Well, the radar showed, as far as regular aircraft, a number of aircraft moving west-northwest. And that's normal. A lot of flights from Chicago, Minneapolis, and New York are going to Seattle and Portland, and a few going into Canada. And they were flying four to 500 knots, which is a cruise speed of jetliners. There were a few uh, aircraft, on a, I could tell, were on approach because they were losing altitude. Some were taken off, gaining altitude. I did not find any C-117 or C-130 aircraft because I know what how fast they fly, how high they fly. There were no C-130s or C-17s that I could see. So I continued my quest. Freedom Information Request, the Montana Air National Guard in Great Falls. They are the only military installation in Montana that would do any flying. They did not, I repeat, did not have any aircraft in the air that night. Because some aircraft, most of the aircraft took off from the Carolinas, I believe, uh, that were the paratrooper exercise. They did not have any aircraft in the air that night. So the radar did show a band of unidentified objects flying to the south-southeast about 30 to 40 knots, about 30 miles east of Helena in a town called Townsend, Montana. A few people I would call debuggers said those were birds. Were they birds? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, this is December in Montana, and people normally aren't outside looking at the skies in December. If they are, they're... They'd have to be moving pretty fast for birds at that speed, right? I mean, that's pretty quick. And I did not get the data that I wanted. I had to narrow the perimeter because of the expense. And so I narrowed it down to about a 35 nautical mile perimeter, like not centralized here in Helena, but kind of east here of where I live in Helena, Montana, to, to get the... A FOIA request down to where I could afford it, but that's what I found. And and the military, I mean, I talked to the public affairs officer uh, at the Montana Air National Guard at Mel, the old Malstrom Air Force Base in Great Falls. There was nothing in the air that night. So what I saw in, in Montana, there were no paratrooper exercises in Montana. So what were all those lines of red and white flashing lights that night? I mean, the 15 or so reports, UFOs, UAP, not C-117, not C-130, not regular jetliners. That's why when Jan and I talked about, Jan originally and I talked about my analysis because I sent my data to MUFON so they could take an independent look at it. And they were doing some of their own analysis and they found some strange things also. But I, I haven't been involved in theirs just from the extent of Montana. So that's how I became MUFON director for Montana. Again, I got involved in that particular case. 
Well, that's pretty interesting. I was just checking out, and well, I guess Canada geese, they do fly around, say, 40 miles per hour. So I guess it would be in range for that, but I can't imagine them having a bunch of, you know, red and white lights strapped to them. (laughs) That doesn't make much sense. That's correct. I mean, what were they? I mean, I also sent my analysis to Peter Davenport, National UFO Reporting Center, and we agreed, you know, we didn't have an explanation. He subsequently discussed my analysis on Coast to Coast with George Norrie. I believe the day that I sent it to him, uh, he he discussed it with George Norrie when he was on the show that night. Ironically enough, exactly a week later, December 16th, 2017, the New York Times printed that article about the Pentagon spending all those 22-some million dollars on UFO sightings, you know, analysis. Right, the ATIP program. Right, and that happened. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Uh, You know, you got to ask yourself that question. And, I mean, Harry Reid, at that time, majority leader of the Senate, you know, I mean, he... He approved that funding. He, he was the one that kind of spearheaded it. Ironically enough, I got involved in that, not knowing it at the time, because Robert Bigelow was a government contractor that worked with the Pentagon on analyzing a lot of those cases. And I got many calls over that period of time where Robert Bigelow's people were involved. And he had several top-notch investigators that worked for him. Ah, yes, Robert Bigelow. More to come with William, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump has lit a political firestorm, admitting that the administration has discussed the idea of moving migrant detainees to cities that protect illegal immigrants. He wants to bring a change to the immigration policy. California certainly is always saying, oh, we want more people, and they want more people in their sanctuary cities. Well, we'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. California is home to several sanctuary cities which refuse to cooperate with federal immigration officials. The president's position appeared to catch DHS officials off guard. 
Critics say the president is using migrants as pawns to go after political opponents. Democratic presidential contender Pete Buttigieg has blasted Vice President Mike Pence's cultural and religious conservatism. Pence said they used to have a great working relationship. This is USA Radio News. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800 610 Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. William Puckett is continuing his discussion, fascinating investigations of UFOs or UAPs or whatever you call it. Hey, that's a new new acronym. Whatever, W-U-W-U-C-I, W-U-C-I, whatever you call it. No, nobody likes it. William? Uh, that, would, that would be the W-Y-C-A <laughs> or C-I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure people have... Why C number acronyms? <laughs> <laughs> the debunkers have a few of their own, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we were just talking before the break, uh, uh, briefly about the uh, well, the, I guess commonly now they call it the the Nimitz UFO case that happened back in November of two thousand and four, but that we only just found out about back in two thousand seventeen, where they sent some F A eighteen fighter jets up to try to intercept some sort of a craft that was being tracked on radar and seen by the pilots too. Right. That case was, you know, I believe it was in the New York times article that that particular case. And, you know, they, they had uh, some footage of it and it, it was certainly compelling. I, I suspect that there's many more out there, you know, that's what we saw. And, 
I don't know, I guess that was a four or five year study. I mean, the gentleman that, you know, the one that actually talked to the New York Times actually resigned because he said they should continue funding of it because he felt like they were finding, you know, certainly, you know, compelling information. So I suspect there's many more cases out there of uh, military craft chasing UFOs. I mean, there's even the cases where they've lost military craft chasing UFOs. I believe there was one over the Great Lakes region. I think that goes way back into the late 50s. Right. They never have found that airplane. No. There's been some claims that they'd found it, but then they never turned out to uh, yield any actually any evidence. With the Nimitz case, I mean, we're talking F-A, well, F-A-18s, so fighter attack aircraft, much more modern than the case that you're talking about. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, multi-million dollar craft that can fly, aircraft that can, they're made for investigating the highest tech stuff that can come into our airspace by the enemies on our world that we know about. So if these things can go up and they can't keep up with it and are just completely left in the dust by it, it really has to make you wonder what it is that these craft are. Have you seen the the interview with David Fravor, the pilot, who actually saw the thing? I have not, no. I'm, I'm familiar with what the New York Times printed, and but I've not seen a specific interview with the pilot. I'm yeah, sure some it's... some pretty good stuff. There was another case I wanted to ask you about, and I imagine you probably have heard of it, and maybe you can fill us in a little bit more on it if you have. And this was uh, happened, interestingly, back in uh, October of 2017. So this would have been just before these sightings that you were talking about uh, prior to the break happened as well. And this was some a craft that was seen in broad daylight flying amid air traffic around 37,000 feet over Oregon. Uh, I, you, know, you know the one I'm talking about? I heard of that case. I did not get details on it. Uh, I did hear of it. There was another one I'm more familiar with, and I believe it was in Arizona, where pilots saw this huge craft. It was illuminated by lightning, and it was a huge aircraft, and they called it into the FAA, two independent sightings, and they did not have the particular craft on radar. But I, I heard of the one in Oregon, but I'm not, I'm not familiar with the details of it. Yeah, they, they scrambled some F-15s to try and catch that one, and they got up there and couldn't find it either. Sort of a, I know that. On the West Coast, because I lived in the Seattle area for almost 30 years, the only aircraft that are prepared to scramble, they have two F-15s at the Oregon Air National Guard. They cover Washington and Oregon completely. So I can I can understand why, you know, they they would have scrambled them from from the in Oregon. Well, they were these ones apparently went up from McCord in Washington, but well, they did. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, they can fly to sometimes or at McCord, but they're stationed. They're stationed at, at Portland Air Na or the Oregon Air National Guard is where they are permanently. Must be nice, eh? I mean, to have you know, okay, UFO sighting. Let's just jump in our F-15s and go have a look. You know, <laughs> must Absolutely. be nice. You know, they've got it when they can do that. William, you've got to know that they must know a whole lot more about what those things are than what we're being told or what we know. 
because incidents like this manage to get leaked out to the public, and then we hear about them. But imagine how many don't. Well, that's correct. You know, talking about NORAD and policies, prior to to 9-11, NORAD or the Air Force or, you know, the whole military complex would only scramble craft that were approaching U.S.-Canadian airspace. Since 9-11, they changed the policy after the terrorists, you know, did their damage in 9-11, of any unknown aircraft within contiguous 48 states and Canada. So they started scrambling, and they weren't finding anything. But they were seeing a lot of blips on radar, unknowns. So they, they kind of cut their policy back, you know, changed their policy about the threshold of scrambling. Obviously, they were still doing it in 2017, but maybe they have a higher threshold. And there was a good article in the Tacoma Tribune. It's on my website. I believe that article, I don't know, 2009 or 10, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact date. They printed an article and they showed the the radar console operators at McCord Air Force Base, which you just mentioned, those console operators look at all of the radar sites around the U.S. I believe they're west of the Mississippi in McCord. And they interviewed the commander. A lot of them are weekend warriors, Air National Guard. And he has his cap on of a flying saucer and his cap. And I'm wondering, is that a joke or a message? And I actually have a picture of it on my website. Maybe a little of both, I would say, because right. that, that's but what's they, so wonderful about it is, is that, you know, there is a lot of entertainment value and cultural significance to ufology. But, I mean, they don't uh, send F-15s up to intercept something that isn't there that they think is just a joke, you know? That's correct. I mean, they're a threat. And... Like I say, a lot of times they, they, they don't find anything. Now, there, there's a, a reason for that. I mean, I mean, UFOs, they've been known to just jet away. I mean, I get reports like that all the time. They'll, they'll see something, a cylindrical object, a dish-shaped craft, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, it's gone, just like that, you know. And a lot of UFOs don't show up on radar. There's a good reason for that. I mean. They don't have, like, the classic flying disc, which, you know, that started the whole thing with Kenneth Arnold sighted in 1947. They have what we call a, a very low, thin, what we call radar cross-sectional area, just like stealth aircraft do. So if they're oriented a certain way, parallel to the radar beam, it ain't gonna, they're not going to show up. And so there's only specific times where they may show up on radar. And who knows, maybe they've got other uh, cloaking things where, you know, where they, uh, um, you know, have a cloaking device. I mean, we've already developed that technology already, you know, uh, that technology where you deflect photons to go around and then they, you know, show the image behind the craft, you know. I mean, and stealth technology deflects photons to a degree. Brett Sprague here. Just want to tell everybody, our cloaking technology did not come from the Romulans. Just want to assure you of that, okay? 
William, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. No someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264 Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264 Bacon lovers, we ship free. 
Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. You know, when you mentioned this, William Puckett, about our achievements in cloaking technology, and we have to assume that ET is able to come here, they'd be way, way, way farther advanced. What do you think about theories that maybe we recovered a UFO, possibly at Roswell or elsewhere? and that we have been trying to reverse engineer alien technology. Would it, first of all, be even possible, except maybe, you know, a little bit of scraping at the edges, but do you think there's any evidence of that? Allegedly, uh, Colonel Philip Corso, who's now passed away, he wrote The Day After Roswell, and allegedly when he was in the Pentagon, he was given the Roswell wreckage artifacts of it and he was his task was to leak it to defense contractors which he claimed he did he claimed he did that with super tenacity fibers which he developed bulletproof vests lasers uh, chip technology which was linked to at&t so you know he claimed he did that now is there proof of that i don't know no, I, there I, seems I, to be lots of proof that that it isn't true at least, well, I mean, it depends on what you think of as proof. You know, proof is just evidence that's sufficient to justify belief in a claim. So for some people, proof might not be the same as what other people's proof would be. So it's a very subjective thing. But really, I mean, you're a scientist, William. You got to know that a lot of those claims just really don't stand up. Well, they haven't. I mean, they're, you know, they're, you have his word that he did that. And, and Philip Corso was not no Johnny on the street. I mean, he was, uh, I mean, he testified in front of a congressional committee on POWs being held in the Soviet Union uh, from North Korea, from the Korean War. And he was right. He also testified of dogfights between Soviet and U.S. fighters in the Cold War. And he was right. Then again, when I listen to his interviews, I listen to some of his early interviews. My impression of him, he was, I mean, he was a colonel and he was in two major conflicts, World War II and Korea, a decorated veteran. He impressed me, and this is my own opinion, as being, he could be somewhat deceptive and interjecting a lot of things in stories. In these particular cases, when he testified in front of Congress, he was proven to be right. So he does have credibility. But just because you have credibility doesn't mean you're prone to exaggeration. And when I listened to him, I had some doubts about some things he was talking about. He would kind of smile and say, well, Ripley would say, believe it or not, you know? Yeah, well, I think he had quite a bit of... uh 
help in that regard from his uh, co-author. There. It was Bill Burns, wasn't it, Gene? It was, and Bill, at the time, and we had interviewed him a few times on the Paracast, not lately, he swore that fundamentally it was accurate and he just basically helped clean up the text. But it also read like crime fiction, true crime fiction, which is, of course, the kind of stuff that Bill Burns wrote. It read like a fictional story. And again, that was styling. I mean, if we go back to Major Keogh's books in the 50s, they read like Pulp Fiction because he was a Pulp Fiction writer. But as I said, that doesn't denigrate from the possible factual accuracy. But the thing that bothered me, in addition to the possibility that these inventions were reverse engineered from alien technology, is where it seemed that Corso was inflating his own credentials a little bit. Just a surface observation. Well, I kind of concur with that. And and I know Bill Burns. I was on uh, some episodes of UFO Hunters. I worked with Bill Burns and some TV. I was on a couple of UFO Hunter documentaries, Code Red and Aliens at the Airport with the two incidents, two episodes I was on. And I was on Bill Burns' radio show once. But, but also George Knapp, uh, anchor at... Uh, I believe it's CBS News affiliate in Las Vegas. He originally interviewed Philip Corso, but but Philip Corso talked about another two other incidents. He talked about when he was at Fort Riley, Kansas, in 1947, where one of the the MPs or the you know the security guards uh, saw this. You know, he had this crate and this aircraft landed or no truck went through there, and they they stored the you know, the, the truck and a security uh, hangar to keep people from looking. And he claims he opened up a crate and saw this strange body. And Philip Corso claimed he saw that. I don't know. Is that true? You know, maybe, maybe not. They claim that that was Roswell debris going to Wright Pat Field and they stopped at Fort Riley, Kansas from Carswell Air Force Base in, in uh, I believe, in Fort Worth, Texas. But Corso also talks about a specific incident down at White Sands where he went out, they, they saw a UFO out somewhere outside, and he claimed he took his 45 and got in a Jeep and saw an alien in a cave and talked to him. Do you believe that? Mm. I don't know. Those are fantastic stories, and, you know, who's going to disagree with him, you know? Well, that's an inter- you bring up an interesting point, I guess, because... I guess what the sort of the more serious ufologists say, like Heineck was one in the past, tended to sort of distance themselves somewhat from the wilder claims, especially the contactees and that sort of thing, because they just sound so fantastic. And without any real evidence to back up those claims, there was a problem with your own credibility uh, or perceived credibility uh, to the rest of the public. So, and I can relate to that. I, I unabashedly will describe myself as a ufologist, but do I believe in the claims of contactees? No, not really, because they haven't really told us anything that we don't already know, for one thing. That's correct. I mean, you're strictly at the whim of the witness when, if those cases, I mean, I've had people that have called me that have just been blatantly terrified of experiences. Do I believe they had them? Probably they did, but what caused them? I don't know. I mean, you know, this is a paragast paranormal. I, I, I would like to just briefly discuss a case I had 
I think that was 2005, shortly after I got my website up a couple of years, a woman in Hawaii called me. I was out of town and she lost a voicemail and I could just hear the terror in her voice. And she claimed that her and her boyfriend, they, they lived on the big island of Hawaii. And a lot of lots in the big island are huge. They're kind of mini farms, 10 acres. And they'd been in the hot tub and they were they had a couple of drinks. They weren't intoxicated. And earlier that evening, their dog came in and just ran in the house and crawled under the bed, was just terrified. And they thought maybe the dog had encountered a wild pig. I guess there's wild pigs in that island. They were out uh, sitting in a chair in their patio, and all of a sudden, these red lights come up, several of them, and they just shot beams right at them, like periscopes, she described it, from a submarine, and just engulfed them in light and just terrified the crap out of both of them. And then she walked away and got up on in the house and tried to call her brother on a cell phone. And it shot a beam right at her in her house. And this went on for several minutes. And finally, they both got on their knees and started praying, closed their eyes, and the things went away. She said she hadn't had any sleep in two days. They called the police. The police didn't do anything. Do I believe that story? I mean, she was pretty terrified, but do I have proof? No, I do not. Strictly at the whim of the witness. So that's a case that would kind of talk about what you just mentioned. Well, I absolutely love those kinds of stories. I I really like listening to them. I don't have any doubt. And so, you know, for our listeners, don't get me wrong here. I don't disbelieve that people have some very strange experiences. I know I've had enough myself, but whether or not any specific one can actually be shown to be true. It just isn't the case. We don't seem to have any evidence or, or I should say sufficient evidence to prove that something objectively real happened to people who have had these experiences. And that's the frustrating thing. After all of this time, why don't we have some more definitive material, scientifically valid evidence that would prove to the people who require that kind of evidence that alien craft are real. You know what's real? These announcements. That's a terrible one, isn't it? William, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, 
and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over this stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542 and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Randall was asking the question, why can't we get more empirical evidence? William Puckett, a response? Some people would say we have it. One person in specific is Dr. Roger Lear, who's passed away a few years ago. I've met Dr. Lear a few times. For your listeners, Roger Lear was a podiatrist, a foot doctor, but you know, invested his time and money into extracting alleged implants out of people that claimed they were abducted and implanted with different objects. I met a couple of his patients. He claims that he has had some of these implants analyzed and that the implants were proven to have non-terrestrial isotopic ratios of elements, isotope, radioactive isotopes that were not known to be present on Earth because they have different ratios of, they call them neutrons, they have different, less or more neutrons in standard elements. I just want to mention parenthetically, Dr. Lear was on the Paracast a total of four times between 2006 and 2013. So you can go to our archives and just search Lear, and you'll find them. Go ahead, please, William. So Dr. Lear claims he has that evidence. Other scientists apparently disagreed with him. I have not looked at the specific you know, chemical test that he had done. I have right. had some of my own samples analyzed by a, a material specialist in California and you know I've had some material one of which was an implant I was told that it was of unknown metallic alloy you know there was no material it doesn't mean it was a non-terrestrial it just means that the particular manufacturing process you know was unknown I mean he you have a he looks at it through x-ray diffraction 
and scanning electron microscopy and can't explain any known manufactured substance on Earth. Right. It doesn't mean that it was extraterrestrial. That's a that, really important point to to bring up. So I'm really glad that you did because, of course, you know, but being a ufologist, I've looked into these claims myself. And what you get there to, to clear up any uh, confusion with our listeners is that there's a big difference between saying that it's an unknown element and saying that it just hasn't been produced by any manufacturing process that we know about. Right. I mean, I've done some of my own analysis. I, I've done density analysis of materials, and and I was able to, just through the density, to, to go to a table and figure out, like I had some material allegedly dropped from a UFO that turned out to be a melted-down mining tool. I sent that same sample to, to this material specialist, and he gave me the same result. And I was able, through X-ray diffraction, scan electron microscopy, I was able to make the same determination independently through a density analysis of what material it was. So, you know, sometimes you can do that. But I, I would like to say this to your listeners. If we had video, audio, photos, non-human DNA, and material that was shown to be of extraterrestrial origin with respect to isotopic racers, there'd still be many scientists that would question it. You could have incontrovertible evidence, even artifact from a UFO, and there's still people that wouldn't believe it, even if you had it. I will make that statement. Couldn't agree more. I mean, there's still people who believe that the world is flat. They have a flat Earth conference, even. And they, for some reason, because I guess they, I think it's biblical or something that, you know, God created the four corners of the Earth or somewhere in there. And so they think that the world is flat. You know, right. so, I, I mean, you can't prove to some people something that they just simply don't want to believe. Then again, there's people who want to believe and they require next to no evidence at all. So I think we need to have something in the middle and that's where science comes in. But with ufology, as one of our past guests, Sharon Hill pointed out, we tend to get very scientifical about it. And so she wrote the book, Scientifical Americans, in which she describes this problem where people in the paranormal uh, ufology is guilty as well in certain places of co-opting scientific terms and technology and jargon and using it to make it sound like we're doing a job of a scientific job of investigating when in fact we're not. I admit my own gullibility. I mean, I had a case a couple of years ago back in Connecticut. The guy called me and he claimed that he was outside and he saw this UFO hovering and he shined a a laser uh, a laser pointer that you use to make a presentation up at it. And this thing shot a beam down at his feet and blew a hole in one of his landscape stones. And he took a photo of this stone where it was carved out and claims that's what happened. And he claimed he was harassed by men in black and... You know, they come and took his camera and they come and took his, you know, other things out of his house. And 
I finally determined the guy was a hoaxer. And I, uh, he never would send me the stone. I bought some stones from Home Depot that were made of the same material, but I never could get in. That That's how I determined he was a hoaxer, because I want to see that stone. I'll, I will pay for the shipping. You send me that stone. I saw a photo, but I never saw the stone. But I mentioned I'm gullible because, hey, wow, here it is. This is what I've been looking for for 20 years. This is the case. But really, a lot of times you yeah. say UFO, which UFOs, what goes up must come down. And that happened. that's happened for me many a time, many a time. You know, even then, though, all you're going to have is a rock. You're not, you're not going to have a spaceship or a craft or whatever right. it happens to be. We're not sure there's spaceships. Maybe they're able to somehow warp in from another universe, just uh, disappear here. We, where do you think they come from anyway? I mean, if you were to just theorize and say, okay, we're not being scientific about it, but we're trying to employ a little bit of critical thinking at least, you know, where do you think they come from? Because we're both believers. Uh, obviously, that something is going on. We've got these alien craft flying around. Where do they come from? Well, that's a major question. In my opinion, I think that UFO phenomena are parallel universe and higher dimensional phenomena. I do not believe that they are stellar, interstellar travelers from the Milky Way galaxy, our galaxy. I believe that they're coming from other dimensions and and other universes and that's why they cause electromagnetic disturbances and power outages and you know people car engines truck engines shutting off i've had those cases i believe that's where they're coming from i don't think that they're coming in and out of our atmosphere on a regular basis uh, like some people do but that's my opinion um i believe that and this is my own opinion that there is definitely intelligent life in our own galaxy, probably teeming with it. But I think that their technology, if they're still around, if they've survived, like we talked about previously, global climate change and wars and other things, they probably have the technology to know that we're here and they know quite probably as much about us as they need to already. But other universes, other uh Dimensions, I believe that we're, we're interacting with them to an extent. That's my opinion. I cannot strictly my opinion. Hey, we got William. Really fascinating episode here of the Paracast. And we got more to come. William Puckett. And he's a scientist, a real scientist. He worked for the EPA. That He has to have stories about that. But we're talking about UFOs with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over this stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542 and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural soil Sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
No, I'm not asking him about EPA experiences, but he's gone through several generations of that. So that would be fascinating. So we have a real scientist here talking about UFOs, possible origins for UFOs, where they might come from. What about time travelers? Well, that's another possibility. Uh, you know, a, a gentleman, his name was Mark Davenport. He was married to a woman that was an abductee, tragically died fairly young, I believe, from cancer. Wrote a book, I believe it was called Messengers in Time or something. Very good book. He's not a scientist. He was actually a contractor, by, but really presents a really interesting argument about a lot of UFOs could be time travelers. And that's a definite possibility. I mean, people describe beings as large heads, small bodies. Well, I mean, look at evolution. I mean, if we get evolution goes and we don't need to exercise as much, you know, uh, toying in fields with robots and technology and we're using our brain, the brain grows bigger and bigger. Maybe, maybe that is it. Maybe we're looking at uh, some phenomena that are us, uh, you know, a few millennia or centuries away. That's another possibility. I, I, I can't discount that. You know, I was also raised the possibility here that maybe they're robots. The creatures we see are not physical creatures. And there may be many reasons for that. If E.T. is here, maybe they send their robots because they fear somebody's going to shoot them down. Not just because someone fired at Klaatu in the day the Earth stood still, but you get the picture. That could be one reason, or it could be a way of not having to suffer the rigors of space travel. And the reason I mention that is because we have these two brothers, twin brothers, one of whom spent a year in space, one of whom didn't. And although they were, I guess, identical twins, because of the space voyage one year, there were substantial differences in the bodies of the two, at least when you, you know, measure things chemically. And if that's the case, space may cause all sorts of havoc unless ETs advance enough to overcome that, or they just use robots. Well, that's another possibility. Relativity, uh, both special and General relativity, you know, talk about the time thing. I'm reading a book right now by Dr. Brian Green, Fabric of the Cosmos. I recently finished one in parallel universes. And I mean, he talks about relativity. I mean, if you're sitting on a photon light, the clock ain't ticking. There's no time. The clock is sitting still. It's the speed of light. It's all relative, of course. I mean, time, people tend to misunderstand the whole concept in the first place, but obviously, you know, time is happening relative to the photon to other uh, observers outside it, so to speak. I wanted to mention that sci-fi film Arrival, as Amy Adams played this linguist. Didn't they speak, in a sense, using time? I saw one of those shows, but I didn't see all of them. I think there were sequels, so I can't really address that. There's no sequel to this one. You're talking about The Arrival. Okay. okay, which was a totally different film. That was more of a, you know, trashy sci-fi. This was one more sophisticated where Amy Adams plays a linguist and she has to meet with E.T. and try to find a way to talk to them. Right, yeah, I didn't see that particular one, but, I mean, you know, relativity, 
essentially says that we're moving through space, but we're also moving through time. Everything is. Like you said, it's all relative. I'm going to really get out on the limb here. This is a paracast, but, you know, I mean, you've had people talking about near-death experiences, I'm sure, and, you know. Uh, oh, sure. They, we get into that quite regularly. I mean, people, a lot Morgan of people. Morgan Knudsen, our last guest, she was, yeah. we were I mean, talking hauntings and afterlives and all sorts of stuff. I mean, people talk about, they see the light, you know, they're going into this light. Well, I thought about that. You know, we're moving through time, but maybe we're moving through time at the speed of light. And when we die, we're we're beyond space and time. And people see the light because you, we're not moving through time anymore because you're dead. So you're you're maybe you're still moving through space. I mean, I'm I'm really getting out on the limb, but people report that phenomena, and I get personally, you know, I do believe in 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 the afterlife that. You know, that, that, that reality is rooted beyond that we're changeless, formless, eternal beings by our nature, intrinsic nature. <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm really getting, getting out, out on right. the limb yeah, now. You're going way out there. Yeah. I'm really going out there now, aren't I? <laughs> That's just fine. Uh, anyhow, I just thought about that reading this book on relativity and, you know, and you, people report this and when they have near-death experiences. I've known a few people that have had them that. I, I can't speak for it again. That's, you know, the proof is in the witness, you know. We've talked back and forth about the fact that in some studies, such as one of our regular show participants, he calls himself Red Pill Junkie, and we know him as Miguel. He wrote this long piece for our Paracast newsletter in which he showed you the resemblances, and there were many, between near-death experiences and UFO abductions. Just a thought. Well, there's a psychologist, Dr. Janet Colley, whom I, I used to meet because she was a research associate with NARCAP. And, you know, I'd had some discussions with her, her and her, her husband, uh, Tom Beck, I believe his name. They, they have a business of, she's a PhD psychologist, also a hypnotherapist. And she wrote a book, Sacred Encounters, that addresses that, that she did a statistical study and found that people that have near-death experiences and UFO abductions have more psychic abilities. And she used a, an objective protocol to make that determination that people had more. And she had some things she used that would determine psychic abilities. And she, was, she did a statistical, peer-reviewed statistical uh, significant study on that. And she talks about that in Sacred Encounters just exactly what you're talking about between ufo abductions and near-death experiences develop that, that that ability interesting but then in you know we're talking about two different kinds of experiences in some very important respects when a person has a near-death experience it's a completely subjective experience something that occurs to them or seemed to occur to them um, within their own mind as, as an ex while they were allegedly uh, unconscious. Whereas a UFO experience, especially like the ones we're talking about where you have radar visuals, I mean, you have people who are highly trained, awake, in good health, who are chasing after something that's been tracked by radar. 
So we have two different, completely different kinds of phenomena going on here. One's completely physical, where presumably they have weight, they leave trace evidence. The other one is, is more like a dream state. You know what? We've got a break now before people start dreaming. No, that's not it. William, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The Department of Homeland Security says despite tweets by President Trump, it won't be sending immigrants to be detained in sanctuary cities. The president said places like California keep asking for migrants to be allowed in. We'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. And let's see if they're so happy. The president reportedly told an official at Homeland Security that if he closes the southern border, he would grant him a pardon if challenged. The president also said that the U.S. government will hold a massive auction later this year to bolster 5G service. It will transform the way our citizens work, learn, communicate, and travel. It will make American farms more productive, American manufacturing more competitive. There was a security scare at the White House on Friday. A man in a wheelchair set his jacket on fire. This is USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? 
If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Before we go back to Randall, if you go to our forums or you subscribe to the Paracast newsletter, look at the issue for August 23rd, 2015, and it's got a long, long, long article, Sharon's Silvery Boat, The Overlap Between Near-Death Experiences and UFO Alien encounters red pill chunky a very very long 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 article the longest one we've ever put in our newsletter several thousand words with references and everything just take a look at it go ahead please you know actually there are a few people that claim that perhaps ufo alien abductions are out-of-body experiences that's what they are personally i don't believe that but you know, the Betty and Barney Hill experience, you know, is, uh, I mean, I, I know Betty's uh, niece, who's, who's Kathleen Barden, who is still associated with MUFA, and I've met her, you know, and, and, and Dr. Phyllis Munninger, who, who's an organic chemist with MUFA, I've also worked with. I mean, she analyzed a dress, you know, and found some really strange stuff on, on Betty's dress, Betty Hill's dress. And, you know, uh, again, Pease Air Force Base allegedly had something on radar that night of, of the time when Betty and Barney encountered this UFO. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of evidence of that. Um, ironically enough, that particular episode was on one of the uh, Project Blue Book episodes, although, again, they they exaggerated a lot of the, you know, the put put it in kind of a documentary where it was pretty fictional, but that was a Betty and Barney Hill case. And definitely was a probably the UFO abduction that kind of started the phenomenon. I remember reading about it in Look magazine when I was a student here at Carroll College here in Helena, Montana in 1966, where Look magazine had a series on that. That's when I first read about it. Let me throw this out for you. This is very interesting about UFO abductions, and we're talking here about out-of-body experiences in both cases. But this is something which I heard this on the show. We had Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin. They co-authored a book together. And I think it's Denise who mentioned this. In one of her abduction experiences, she met somebody else during the experience. And then later on, they agreed to meet in the real or regular world, and they did. So whatever the experience was, we have two people in two separate parts of the country contacting each other within the nature of this experience and then meeting up once they're awake or away from ET. 
that is still something that really interests me. Yeah, you have to wonder. I mean, you know, if they, assuming they didn't know each other and somehow or another they, you know, wound up with a spaceship or whatever or some other parallel universe realm or wherever they go when they get abducted and then, you know, they join up with each other. Yeah, you have to. You have to wonder about that. I've heard of those stories. I mean, I have had a lot of strange reports. I mean, not just UFOs, but, you know, once in a while, I'll I'll get ghost reports or other paranormal phenomena. I will print, put them up on my site. Sometimes I classify them as X-Files. I put them under X-Files. But another phenomena that I've had some reports of and going to my X-Files. Uh, and th- this woman sounded real credible. She was a school teacher. And she claimed that her and her daughter saw a raccoon. And I'm trying to remember the exact story. And the raccoon morphed into an old woman. And they're looking at this out their window. Subsequently morphed into a UFO and took off. And she really, to me, I mean, she was well-educated, spoke and came across to me as quite intelligent, very articulate, as believable, you know. Do I believe it? Again, it's proof in the pudding. I mean, the Skinwalker Ranch, which I'm sure you've probably had some stories about that in some of your paracasts in, in Utah, you know, that's what they talk about is skinwalkers can morph from animals to humans to you know do other things you know just but and that's that's not really all that fantastical i mean it, the stories are made to sound fantastical but i mean they can make michael jackson appear on a stage and look like he's actually there singing along with someone who actually is there now our own technology can do that now so who's to say what's really going on Sort of a rule of thumb that I tend to use is that if we can do it, then we should probably assume that it is we in a collective sense. Somebody on Earth with Earth-made technology is doing it rather than something alien. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting also there in the new Star Wars film directed by J.J. Abrams, which is what, episode nine? Carrie Fisher, who is yeah, dead, right. is yeah, going to be in one. the film. And in fact... Uh, you know, there was in the seventh film, one of the characters, Peter Cushing, who died, what, in the 70s or 80s? Famous British actor, appeared in a lot of the horror films. Really good actor. They brought him back, too. That's a really good point. As a matter of fact, we, I just rented, I got Rogue One from the library the other day. I somehow completely missed it in theaters. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and sh- she looks exactly and sounds exactly like carrie fisher well carrie fisher passed away a few years ago didn't she yeah she's she gone sure did yeah she did it while one of the films was being edited right and her mother debbie reynolds passed away within a few weeks of when she did i believe from my recollection it was actually so. days from grief because they were so close Right. I love Debbie Reynolds. I love her songs. I remember her song, 
Tammy, which she sang in 1956 or 57. It was a number one hit. I, I, I'm a music collector, a 50s, music collector. I just love her, her songs. So, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Jeez. Just the other day, I ran across uh, this old record collection I had from Time Life magazine. Seven right. LP vinyl set of all these 1970s hits <laughs> so yeah i have a complete time life rock and roll country western uh uh collection i've got all their stuff so i was yeah, just laughing at some of this stuff you know it, it was a complete uh trip back through time anyway we're getting what i guess time travel in a different way going there but it was it was just like sending me back through to the 70s listening to all this old stuff because you remember it right but okay but returning to the topic okay we still have with abduct abductions versus ndes we have missing time with abductions where people are actually physically missing from their beds kind of thing they're just not there nobody goes missing off and off the operating table while they're in an nde that's a completely internal subjectively generated experience you know? Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, I've heard of people missing from their bed. I've even heard of people that one woman claimed she was abducted and they took her up through the trees and she wound up back in her bed with leaves in her feet the next morning, you know. And, you know, there's a case where Bud Hawkins investigated in New York where some credible, um, I believe it was embassy officials or maybe UN people saw this light beaming down from a ufo into a apartment building high-rise apartment building this woman floating up into the ufo i mean they testified to that and she she knew she oh, was abducted yeah. so you know you, you look at a cases like that and you know it does make you scratch your head you know i mean maybe well, it's happening well yeah. something is happening and that is we're going to have one more segment featuring our guest, William Puckett. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. William, let me ask you something at the beginning. I'm putting you on the spot here. As you know, we have a supplementary radio show called After the Paracast, available only to subscribers of Paracast Plus, and they get the ad-free version of this show. Would you have any interest in doing another 30, 40 minutes on it? We can schedule it after we finish this episode. Sure. Sure. Okay. Cool. There it is, folks. You subscribe to the Paracast Plus. You'll hear him, more of him. And we have more from Morgan 
Knudsen, and a number of other guests. Kevin Randall. A lot of guests stay over for the secondary show. Let's continue this about UFO abductions. And the other thing that interests me, of course, is the so-called screen memory, where someone sees this owl-like figure, which manifests itself either through memories or hypnotic regression into some kind of experience with a UFO. And I always voice this thing and they always ignore me. I said, what if the UFO abduction experience is the screen memory for something else? But what? Well, that's correct. I mean, I read the at least one or two of Whitley Strabler's books and he talks about that, his own experiences of, remember seeing an owl, you know, and then he gets hypnotized and then, you know, the, the owl is something else, you know. And certainly I've heard other people talk about that. I've had some of my own cases where people experience that. I do believe that, and we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show, about psychic ability. And some people may very well be psychically in tune with these phenomena. I mean, I have a real good friend. I won't mention her name specifically on the West Coast. And I actually work with her in some of my abduction cases. And she is a long standing experiencer. And she talks about things in her life that all mind-blowing and she's very credible she's very educated and very intelligent so you know she she does talk about that and and i believe that there are some people psychically in tuned that can do that so anyhow that's less my spin on that well there, there might be something to it yeah it's hard to say how do you test something like that really i mean you know, we have people who claim to be in psychic contact with aliens and they they do channeling and bring us all sorts of wisdom from the the aliens but again i mean we never they never tell us anything we don't already know i That's have this correct. argument by the way that maybe it would bring on an experience but it won't et at least the et who appears in UFO contacts or in these channeling experiences, that ET is feckless because it can say all these high and mighty words about peace and brotherhood, no more war, no more famine, fix climate change. Nothing ever happens. Well, yeah, that's another thing. You know, a lot of people talk about they get shown all this futuristic scenes, you know, where the earth is on fire and all this and. You know, you got to wonder about that. I mean, where's the proof, you know? I mean, say it is or it isn't, but people do do claim that some people do when they're when they're on uh you know, when they're having these experiences, they claim they you know, they go through the medical tests and stuff, but other people claim well, they talk about this, you know, they see these scenes and I don't know, maybe maybe they are and maybe it's another future. I mean, maybe it you talk about parallel universes. I mean, some scientists claim, I mean, every time you make a decision, you turn left, you turn right, you know, maybe in another universe, you turn left in one universe, you turn right. Who am I to say that that's not possible? You know, well, alternative realities are actually pretty interesting. And, and <laughs> here's another thing we were just talking about star Wars and, and sort of the connection there. Uh, and I ran across another one just the other day that connects that sort of thing to alternative realities. Have you ever heard of the Mandela effect? I've 
heard of it, but I, I can't, you know, I've heard the term, but I can't speak in specifics about it. Okay, so so do you remember Nelson Mandela dying in jail? No, he he was released. Exactly. That's what's happened in this universe. And unless you talk to some people like myself and some other people, quite a few of them, if you look this up, actually remember he died in jail. And then when he got out, every, we were going, I thought he died in jail. What is going on? So people started taking this idea of maybe some alternate reality sort of seriously that there are people that have slid back and forth with respect to either their memories or who knows exactly. So it's kind of way out there. But Gene, another one I ran across the other day, like, you know, Star Wars, what color is C-3PO? Before we get to Star Wars lore, I should tell you here that I'm going to rain on your parades. Every last one of you in my response. I have no what memory. Color? I have okay. no memory whatever of whether Nelson Mandela was released from prison, died in prison, or whatever. I know I knew about it at the time, and maybe I should have paid more attention, but I didn't capture that detail. I'm, you know, okay, whatever it is, it is. That's the news. I did not dwell on it, but I understand your point. I find things that are different that I remember them. And I was suggesting here is that we live in different realities. And just like you're talking about Mandela effect and that some people are in reality A and some people are in reality B and they intersect from here to there. Maybe that's why you put three people in a room and stage some kind of event. You'll get three different stories. Because well, they are okay. all being accurate and telling you what happened, only it didn't happen in the same reality. Right. So, you know, you remember when we were talking about this before, we were talking about how, like, did Dolly have braces and that sort of thing in, in Bond, right? When it, it had jaws. Well, I, I was asking you there just sort of before you disappeared, because we were talking about Star Wars, what color do you remember three C-3PO being? CP3O. C-3PO. Yes, no, I just C3. remember I remember them being generic metallic colors, and that's it. And the reason I say that is because I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I don't care. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I don't care. So because I don't care, I didn't absorb <laughs> that. All right. How about you, William? Do you did you follow Star Wars at all? Not very much. I. Oh, great. So I'm all completely alone yeah, in this. I, one. We you know, just if dumped, I start commenting on thing. Star Wars, you're going to get. <laughs> much different count because i didn't i think i mean i think i saw return of the jedi and that was the only episode i ever saw with some friends back in the 80s i guess i saw that i remember seeing the original star wars film which i now call what episode four a new hope and this is like 19 what 78 79 and everybody's lining up in the movie theater you never see this anymore because they have so many screens but then we wait like an hour to get in. And my wife caught chicken pox from somebody. That's what I remember about it. I also remember that as much as people liked the film, I thought that George Lucas stole a lot of things from Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, those movie serials from the 30s. Even the theme for Darth Vader is vaguely reminiscent of the theme for Ming the Merciless. Check it out. By the way, William, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do. Where do they go? 
Well, I recommend people go to my website, www.ufosnw.com, and all the cases I talked about tonight, not some of the paranormal speculation that I made, but all the UFO cases are up on my site. I have audio reports from witnesses, uh, videos. You can go on the tabs and get specific cases for videos or audios, and even some of my radio broadcasts are up there. Thank you, William. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. And you'll hear more, by the way, from our guest, William Puckett, on After the Paracast, where he'll talk about more cases. I have a few ideas, things I want to ask him then. That's going to be After the Paracast, but only available if you, you out there, subscribe to the Paracast Plus. You'll also get a version of this show free of the network ads. Just go to plus.theparacast.com for more information. Plus.theparacast.com for more information about the Paracast Plus. William Puckett, thank you so much for joining us on the Paracast. It's a pleasure to be there. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.